Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike and we're excited to be with you today. We're going to get into our topic. The The topic on the table that we want to talk about is freedom and conscience, uh, believers and the consumption of alcohol. So Mike and I have just been kind of kicking this idea around even just this morning and we want to just tackle it on a podcast. What does the Bible say about how believers should approach the idea of drinking alcohol? Uh to be, Mike, can I say this? Can I uh, just say to be somewhat candid? I think this is something that, you know, might be relevant for people at Grace in our church right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are not only thinking about this, but, you know, uh, drinking, and, and we just want to speak into that. So, Mike, let me pass it to you. Um, maybe you can kind of give us an outline of some of the places that you'd like to go on this podcast, and then we can get into it. And maybe if you even want to give some context as well, as you think would be appropriate, that'd be great. Okay. Yeah, this is a this is a tough one. It is a tough one. And, um, you know, matters of freedom and conscience. And, you know, we address this is a question no one's asking and no one wants to touch, because I think if you think it's OK, you're going to defend it really vigorously. And I think if you think it's not appropriate, you'll defend your view vigorously. And so people get into this battle of wills and they just go, oh, well, you know, you're weaker or I'm stronger. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to do what I'm going to do and hope you don't get offended. And, you know, there's just a lot of looseness, I think, on the alcohol consumption and Christian fellowship question. Uh, obviously, everyone's like, oh, smoking's bad. But then people are like, oh, drinking's OK. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, drugs is bad, but drinking's OK. Well, you know, one of the more touchy subjects here and one that I think a lot of Christians can get really easily riled up. OK, mm-hmm. so uh, we're not going to try to rile you up. But you know what? If you need to get riled up, maybe we should rile you up a little bit. I think I think that it, this is a topic that people don't want to touch because of selfish reasons, not because of like for the glory of Christ reasons. OK, um, I'm going to start with two places in Scripture. We always want to start with Scripture and then go back and and, and go through it. But Ephesians 5.18, do not be drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, that is foolishness, but be filled with the Spirit. And the idea is not being controlled by wine. And the, the drunkenness is uh, in the Old Testament was a, the mark of a blind and foolish man and a slave to the material world. And um, a drunkenness gives you an inability to have self-control and you end up doing things you shouldn't do. And a lot of people don't know where that line is. And most people, I think, will 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 say, oh, I'm not under the influence when they really are. You know, it's, it's like the, people have a lesser view of influence um, than, than they really should have. And so um, I think it's fair to say that in the past, the church in general, not Grace Church of Orange, but the church in general, leaned too legalistic in the sense of you shouldn't drink. And it's weird that we call that too legalistic, okay? That, that is telling. There's a tell on that because the Bible has many more prohibitions against, um, you know, the consumption of alcohol than for it, okay? Um, but, but the church in general has maybe leaned, people in general have leaned too legalistic. Now, really, really obvious, we lean too licentious. And it's like whatever you want to do. Um, and I think it was probably an attempt to swing away from perceived legalism, but I think we swung too far the other way. And I think there's a couple questions I think we want to deal with just for this time. And maybe we come back to some yeah. other things. But why play with fire is one question because it's intoxicating and a addictive, controlling substance you're putting into your body. Uh, number two, when are you controlled? Okay. 
Um, and then why are you doing it? I think why are you doing it would be the other. And then the other thing, before I throw it back to you, the other thing I want to mention to our listeners is uh, we have an elders position paper on alcohol consumption at Grace Church of Orange. We adopted it back in October of 2008, um, and it's very fair and balanced. Uh, we we want believers to seek to glorify God by ordering their lives according to biblical principles, and whatever we do, we want to be for the glory of God. So we write, we wrote those guidelines not for the purpose of passing judgment on the opinions of others, Romans 14.1, but to seek for harmony and unity in the body of Christ to the glory of God. And just our discussion in that paper is really on drunkenness, causing a brother to stumble, licentiousness, obeying the law, and living for the glory of God. Um, and knowing that, you know, the Bible doesn't directly prohibit drinking alcohol. It does not make a concerted effort to encourage it either. So, uh, but the two scripture passages, don't get drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. And the second one is in Proverbs 23. And I just want to read this carefully and slowly. It's a proverb, but Proverbs is not a, not a 100% all the time thing. It's a general principle. Proverbs 23, 29, who has woe, who has sorrow, who has strife? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? Verse 30, those who tarry long over wine, those who go to try mix wine. Verse 31, do not look at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup and goes down smoothly. Verse 32, in the end it bites like a serpent and stings like an adder. Your eyes will see strange things and your heart utter perverse things. You will be like one who lies down in the midst of the sea like the one who lies on the top of a mast. They struck me, you will say, but I was not hurt. They beat me, but I did not feel it. When shall I awake? I must have another drink. And most people listening to this will say, but that's not me. I have far more self-control than that drunkard. Uh, we think of drunkenness as stumbling down the street, kind of the proverbial picture of a drunk, and we go, oh, what's the big deal of having a, a glass of wine or a couple beers or what have you? And I feel like, I will, I'm going to throw this back to you, but I feel like I want to ask you, what kind of attitude have you seen from believers? I have sensed more of a cavalier attitude in, in recent years, especially for younger people that are just turning 21 and they kind of have the, I can do it, so I'm going to mentality. Yeah, yeah I think that's true. I think um, you would remember this better than me, Mike, but I kind of even just almost more reading about it or looking back. I remember kind of when the young restless reformed, um, you know, movement was kind of gaining ground in like the early two thousands and right. people were doing like hymn sings at bars and that kind uh -huh. of thing. And there was kind of this flaunting, you know, of the, um, yeah, of the ability to drink and, oh, we, we have these freedoms. And so, you know, we're Calvinists, but we, and maybe even if you're not, if well, you're not Spurgeon a Calvinist, you know, we, yeah. right. Spurgeon did like, we're going to take something someone did. And, and make it a biblical so, thing almost. Yeah. So I'm thinking of that as kind of maybe something that started to nudge, you know, people away yeah. from what maybe previously was what you might call something more legalistic towards something where it's, no, we're going to embrace this freedom. And yeah, now I just see it with people who are my age, you know, believers who might not be very, very wary of the mm -hmm. dangers that the Bible does talk about when it comes to alcohol. There can be a little bit of a cavalierness. I mean, I, I talked to a lot of people in the college group at Grace, and I just know from conversations, I'm not thinking of a single name here, just more generally. I just know there's people who are drinking too much. There's people who are having a hard time drinking. There's people who are, um, I think, making you know unwise decisions in who they're drinking around. Mm -hmm. And we can talk a little bit more about that, but how you evaluate drinking when there's somebody else in the room who you know um, doesn't feel comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. And it seemed, I, I know from conversations that there's people at Grace who are, 
who are drinking and in situations like that. And I would say maybe just not, um, not having the, the wisdom that they should in terms of how they're approaching that. Mm -hmm. And I think, and maybe we can get to this in a little bit, Mike, I think that in part, the reason for that is the governing principles that are guiding us are wrong. And if the governing principle is just, I can exercise my freedoms in Christ, I would say that's a bad motivation. You know, I think the Bible mm -hmm. says that's a bad motivation. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you, if that's the only kind of motivation that you have, then what you end up seeing is what we have seen in the church, at least with this question, which is kind of like, you know, when you're bowling and you're bad and so you use the bumpers, you know, mm -hmm. and so the ball is going down the lane and it's just, it knocks maybe three or four times. I'm just picturing this conversation. It's like, okay, go back to the era of prohibition. And the church as a whole had really rallied against alcohol to the point where all of America said, yeah, we're not going to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And then there's a turning against that. And now everybody's more open to it. And then maybe there was another turn against that. And then maybe another turn. And I think all of that is happening when you just have kind of legalism met with licentiousness, met with legalism again, met with licentiousness. And the the nail in the coffin that stops that cycle is to talk about, you know, the glory of God being our motivation. So we can talk about that maybe in a little bit, but yeah. those are some of the things that I, that I would say I see and are on my mind. Yeah. Um, let me kick it back to you, Mike, and just ask, you said um, one of the questions you want to talk about was why play with fire? Mm -hmm. What do you mean by that? What kind of caution would you hold out to people? Um, mm -hmm. Do you think that people are playing with fire uh, in a way that's harmful to them? Sure. Yeah. And, and all these questions are loaded. Right. And we're going to we want to be fair, but we want to be biblical. And I think sometimes kind of what you were saying, sometimes we just these are reactions. Uh, you know, every action is a reaction. These are reactions to perceptions or realities in the past, uh, whether we went through it or whether we heard about it. And we got to go back to, OK, scripture, the, the, the aggregate teaching of scripture, you know, obviously playing with fire would be that you're putting something in your body that does intoxicate. And, you know, when you put, when you take medicine, it always says, you know, only take one of those or two of those. So that if someone overdoses, you right. know, you're and, and you're one, you know, you're one decision away from doing that. And so when I say why I play with fire, what I mean is you are dealing with an addictive, controlling, influencing substance. And in, in fact, the Holy Spirit <laughs> used, you know, wine as as the example the the opposing example of being controlled by the spirit and don't get drunk with wine but be filled with the spirit one is foolishness and one is uh is righteousness and so it's interesting that even the holy spirit used that yeah as an example totally right and right. so drunkenness is playing with fire even causing a brother to stumble um and where i think i catch from some people in their very words and even in their attitudes sometimes where they'll express them well, you know, sorry that they're weak. You know, right. I'm strong. Right. And uh, kind of a maybe one a day swagger. they'll see the light. Yeah. 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 That's right. And then licentiousness, obviously, legalism and licentiousness, both are bad and both are self, both are self focused and both are prideful. Yeah. Um, and and then, of course, you want to obey the laws. If you, for example, if you say, you know what, I'm going to drink around underage drinkers and, uh, you know, if they want to have a sip or whatever, well, you're literally saying, I'm going to outright refuse God's word here. Mm. I'm not going to obey it because uh, I'm disobeying the law and I'm disobeying God. Um, rebelliousness. And so, you know, we would say in our paper, extreme care must be taken when drinking alcohol in the presence of underage minors. And that was written in 08. I would say in 2022, I don't think it's that wise to mm. drink in front of underage minors. Hmm. Uh, if you're the person that is, is, and let me put it this way. If you're the person that is, uh, influencing them. Right. 
And I would yeah. say, and you can tell me if you disagree, but I see a difference between being at, let's say, like a family gathering mm-hmm. and grandpa's having a glass of wine with, you know, sure. the teenage kids running around as well. I see a difference between that and a bunch of people who are all in the college group together heading over to someone's house and there's alcohol there and all the people who are over 21 are drinking and Absolutely. everybody else is, is supposed to just kind of be there and, you know, not mm-hmm. drink. Those are not the same thing. Agree right. or disagree? Uh, absolutely agree with you. And, and here's the thing. I've, that same exact um, argument was given to some of our elders once years and years ago when we were dealing with this issue in another context. And it's like, well, you do this. So why can't we do that? And it's interesting because I, I said to one of our elders, I said, now I was at both gatherings and I saw the difference. One was very controlled. One was very, um, you know, I would say done in a godly way. And one was done in a haphazard flippant way. And it makes a difference, you know, and again, playing with fire versus handling fire. You know, if you lighting your, your fireplace, you're lighting your fire pit and you're not trying to mess around and joke around. Or if you're just trying to go, Hey, look, look what I'm going to do with this. It's a big difference, you know, playing with fire versus handling fire uh, wisely. You know, firefighters right. uh, know how to handle fire. Right. Okay. And, and then it goes into them. When are you controlled? You know, you're playing with fire a little bit. When are you controlled by it? I, I really do believe, and I know this by experience, most people have a lesser view of influence by alcohol and how long, you know, they've been, what's the line of inebriation and being controlled and drunkenness everyone says they're fine because they're thinking well I could still operate a motor vehicle mm. and their family's like um I'll drive home you know <laughs> um but I think that whole idea of well we're just having one or we're just having two well you know one might be too much for some people and two might put someone over the edge yeah. and and then you don't know in the Christian community who may have a propensity for alcoholism and someone would say I can't figure out yes actually you are called to care that much about your brother or sister in Christ. So I think it leads to the, why are you doing it thing? You know, Christian community doesn't run on because I can, uh, selfishness runs on because I can. Yep. And if you're saying I'm doing this because I, because I can in really any aspect of life that kind of just goes and, you know, throw caution to the wind. I think there's a, there's a, there's a, there's something to look at in your heart there. Right. If I could just, I'm just going to uh, jump on that idea that maybe, you know, sometimes you're further down that road than you think you are. Mm -hmm. This is a cautionary note. It's a cautionary note for myself. Mm -hmm. I've been in situations before, weddings, uh, you know, just casual get togethers where I'm with friends who are believers and I really respect them. I know they love the Lord. Mm -hmm. They have a strong testimony, you know, witness for Christ, but they put a few down and suddenly they're acting in a way that, and it's not like I lose all my respect for them, but it just makes me think, Ah, I'm just, I'm bummed that you're, I'm bummed that I'm seeing this right now right. because I know you and I know that you're also the person who, you know, uh, serves in youth ministry at your church or, or this or that, or you, mm-hmm. you know, you have this great witness in other ways, but now even though you'd say you're fine cause you don't, you know, you're not tripping over your own feet, mm-hmm. you're just acting in a way where you've let yourself get out of hand. Yeah. And so I just, I think of like, I can think of two nights in particular where I was with friends, good friends, believers who love the Lord. And I just watched as they kind of went down that yeah. path and I just go, ah, what a, what a bummer for their witness, you know? And so I want to, that's a cautionary tale. Oh for yeah. Me. yeah. Yeah. I've had, I've known of situations where people will tell their people getting invited. Now we're serving alcohol. So if you don't want to do that, just don't show up. Hmm. It's like, Ooh, you know, be forewarned. We're doing this. It's like, just because it's legal, we're going to do it. Or just cause you want to, it's got to go back to the glory of God and the good of others. 
and I, and I'm going to do this final statement and we're going to do one final statement and then we're going to listeners, please, please uh, ask us questions, throw out questions, feel free to disagree with us. It's okay. Um, We want to talk about this, but let me just end with one statement, I believe, and this will tee us off for next time because we're going to, we're going to revisit this and especially this whole idea of matters of freedom and conscience, but especially alcohol consumption and Christian fellowship that alcohol consumption, in my opinion, among Christians is probably one of the most insensitive aspects in, in many churches where people are insisting on selfish acts and other people are afraid to say anything because there's a certain pressure while other people mm. are taking pleasure in their revelry. Hmm. It's a good way to, I think a good way to wrap us up. You know, I think I'll just kind of put a question as a period for this one. You mentioned this before, Mike, but you know, if it really is not such a big deal, then why is it such a big deal? You know, and I think that might just be a, that could be convicting to somebody who says, ah, oh, it's not really a big deal. But then when, when it, you know, kind of runs afoul of your sensibilities, suddenly it does become a big deal. I think we'll talk more about this on a future podcast, but listeners, thanks for sticking with us. If you're mad, uh, <laughs> hopefully maybe, uh, maybe there was something that could be, uh, good and convicting in this, but, uh, also, but like Mike said, you can write grace at graceorange.org. Uh, we'd love to get an email from you and, uh, yeah, until next time, have a great week, glorifying the Lord. And we'll talk to you next time on the podcast. God bless you. Mm-hmm.